Good Monday morning, guys. My name is Jerry Miller, and welcome to Real Talk with Keith Smith. Thank you kindly for joining us. A late start for us today, but we're excited to connect with you. Nikki Chambliss in the house, team leader Keller Williams Alliance, the show presented by KWA. They are just an absolute superstar in real estate in Central Virginia across the Commonwealth. Keller Williams Alliance. Judah Wickhauer gets us online after the late start uh, and the late start associated with technical difficulties with nothing to do with anyone here. Just want to get that out into the universe. Why don't we go to the studio camera if we can, my friend, and let's welcome Nikki and Keith to the show. Monday morning, great to see you guys. We're, we're rocking and rolling. Questions already on the uh, ticker. Uh, my friends, where would you like to begin? Well, first of all, what the what, right? What the what? What the what? So, um, uh, you know, on Friday, you know, we had a little bit of a surge of um, inventory. Inventory. So, was this, you know, has the tide changed, right? Or is this the normal spring thing, which we haven't seen in a while? Or is it something else and just a little bit of a, a blip on the radar map, and we're going to kind of go backwards in the, in the beginning of the week? Uh, towards the end of the week. But what the what? What are you thinking? I think it's kind of that whole coming back to a slightly more normal-ish market. I think that's what we're feeling right now. We've been kind of feeling that happen over the last six months. Will it ever go back to normal, normal? What what does that even mean, right? So the answer to that is no, but it is returning to something that has a little more seasonality to it while still being completely extra. So what's the extra? The extra is the competitiveness, oh, yeah. the offers, oh, yeah. the escalations, the <clears throat> intensity that comes because we still have low inventory. Even with that tick up, the current inventory is low. That's not something that we have a solution for in any near future. And it's all price points turning quickly. I mean, I'm seeing price <laughs> points 800, 900, the million price range, which was right before COVID, luxury and very few penetrating that price point. Now, Far from luxury. A lot of homes in this area at a million. They're selling in a day. I mean, we had open houses. I saw one of your colleagues at a, at a different brokerage had an open house scheduled for the weekend. Cancel the open house. Multiple offer scenario. Had to alert everyone that the open house was canceled. So do, so do you think that's a good idea or a bad idea? Um, I, I, I have a very depends. specific opinion on that. I think it that. depends, and I think at the end of the day, it's kind of, it's up to the, the of seller, course, right? Of and so I think a lot of agents are dealing with that. Because the people might not want it. They're like, just let's just take it and forget having strangers here, right? That's what you're saying? Well, yes, but it also depends on how you've set your listing up. Are you setting it up so that you're going to show offers until a certain date because the seller has said, hey, by this date and time, we're going to take a look at what we have, and that's that. And if that includes this period where the open house is booked, then you're good. If it doesn't... Well, usually well, what they'll unless, say in it, but the seller reserves the right, right to yes. accept offers because prior, they prior do. to. Yeah, 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 it's totally the right. It's, it's really interesting. So we, we were having an extended pre-production meeting, <laughs> and, and we were talking yeah. about <laughs> us helping our daughter out in Richmond, so we're in yes. offer number 13. We should set the stage. You want me to set the stage? Throw it to you? Of course. You? I'll take a sip um, of my coffee. His daughter lives in Seattle. Um, her husband, doctor, taking a job in Richmond. They're moving cross-country this summer from Seattle to Richmond. They're looking in the very coveted, very Tony, very prestigious 
west end of oh, Richmond. We're, we're outside of that now. now. That's where they started. Yeah. Now the uh, rubber band, if you may, has expanded past the Tony prestigious west end to a suburb, if you may, of the west end. They are on offer number... 13. Offer number 13. Lucky 13. Offer 12. Nikki, I'm going to throw this to you. Keith, jump in. Offer 12, a Seattle couple with a three-month-old baby. Two-month, three-month? Two-month, three-month-old baby. Three-month. Oh, three you're month. asking the grandfather. Three-month. Three-month, three month, three month. old, the baby's adorable. <laughs> Three-month, three-month. Put an offer on. <laughs> three-months and ten days to be exact. Without touring the house. Mm-hmm. Sight unseen. Only thing yeah. they'd seen was a video tour by mm-hmm. Keith. He did it in the rain. No home inspection. And appraisal gap coverage of how much? 75. 75 yeah. Gs. And they That's lost the, lost they lost the Well, we yeah. just did the same thing over this weekend. Listen to this yeah. one. Tell her this yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, we went ahead and... So, this is crazy what's happening but, right but, here. But I, I do want to add here. This is not exclusive to Richmond. The mm-hmm. numbers just are a little bit bigger, yeah. right? But yeah. this is happening here in different markets and that's kind of the what the what and throw this out to the r- real estate professionals and folks and are you experiences i know our side of the house is as experiences across the board what did you do on offer 13 your uh, daughter uh, and your son-in-law moving thir- from seattle to richmond offer 13 i've got permission to do this from my client slash daughter okay. slash who's becoming a real estate agent mm-hmm. Ooh. um so uh uh, five twenty-five was the list. We five hundred twenty-five thousand list price. We were going in at six twenty-five, escalating up to seven hundred. Appraisal gap? No, no. List cap coverage of seventy-five grand. So we're confident. So, so this is where the professionals come out, right? Mm-hmm. So thank God to Woody Fincham. I mean, uh, I don't, I, I don't know how I would be able to navigate this without him. So. The reason we made this offer at six twenty-five, yeah. which is a hundred grand over list, mm-hmm. is I did the homework, and there was recent closings last week, similar homes, a couple of blocks over that justified that us. justified that number. Reach out to Woody, hey Woody, do me a favor, do a back of the envelope desktop. Yeah, that looks good. So what, when we presented our offer, I actually presented all the comps with it to support mm-hmm. six twenty-five. I. Um, Talked a little bit about what what Woody's analysis was on, on it. Um, so if if you guys are in the market and trying to win a deal, reach out to Woody. He does this. It's rather reasonable the cost on it. Uh, and interesting on this one, we had an hour. I was able to negotiate a showing time above thirty minutes. Nice. So I had to, I spent an hour in the house, so I kind of knew everything was in good shape because of my. Previous so life. we're in a market now, Nikki, where we're negotiating showing times. We've been there before, not too terribly long ago, um, and we're there again. And I, I like it's it's not easy, and <clears throat> having only thirty minutes to see a house and make that decision, or no time at all because you decide to make an offer sight unseen. That, you know. Do we call this sight unseen when the client is in Seattle and the extent of what they see is a video tour of their father in the rain walking through on a video on the phone? Is that sight unseen? I'm just I'm, genuine question, genuinely well, curious. It is sight unseen because they're not physically there. That's that's okay. So that is, is sight unseen. I would. That's I would, what I'm asking, Nick. I would yeah. say they've had a video tour. I would I would specify the difference personally. Yeah, because sight unseen technically by definition means yeah. you've never seen the property. Mm-hmm. Right. Which, see, that wasn't as shocking to me as it was to many because of military background. Right. right? So I've been in a world in which needing to do that for life was not the most abnormal thing. Sure. 
But in those markets, it was very abnormal still. So just with the military life, like, it's like, you know, that happened more often than you would think because you get orders, you've got to move, you need a place for your family to land, and that's what it is. But in this case, like, this is... This yeah, so I, I, I'll, 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 I'll uh, retract my statement. <laughs> oh, no. I, uh, no, no, but picking. you're right. Like, I apologize. I'm nitpicking. No, 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 no but, but you're right, because we, 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 you know... You video tour. The, it's not the, the view, I've learned this from you. I've learned this from... We're approaching into our fourth year. The words matter? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And people are smart enough and they'll pick up so on it. So the, the thing that makes me nervous about it is not, and, and you're a pro, and you're, they're very fortunate to have Keith Smith leading the charge. It's not necessarily that the fact that they can go, they escalate to 700000 on a $525,000 home. The home inspection waiving makes me the most nervous. And again, they have the benefit of you as a Class A contractor. And so a lot, a lot of what happened on this weekend was a result of conversations on the show and conversations of viewer and listeners chiming in. Because what we adapted just to really win ourselves, to, to put on our best position success, I actually own it to come. So we now have we had two real estate agents, regardless of the fact that this is our daughter. We had two real estate agents. Mm -hmm. Real estate A, agent A, mm -hmm. uh, was showing the home via FaceTime. Mm -hmm. Me, I brought my ladder with me because remember we had this conversation about the collapse oh, of the yeah. ladder. Oh, yeah. You brought it? I brought the ladder with me and I got up into the attic. I got into the crawl space and so forth and so on. And I said, look, I feel good. Let, we, we can waive the home inspection. Now, I'm in a unique position mm -hmm. to do yeah. that. Most real estate agents can't. Yeah. But I'll tell you. We were looking at homes, and agents were coming out with home inspectors well, as we were say, going in. I always find it interesting, and I, I don't, you know, I wouldn't say who if I knew, and I don't. I've, it, I always find it baffling when I hear agents talk about how, oh, I don't do crawl spaces, I don't do attics. Was that mean? Like, Go in there? Yeah, and I'm like, home oh, inspectors? No, 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 agents. Because to me, if I'm touring a home with someone, and there's a ladder that I can get down from an attic. Heels and all, I'm going to pop myself up in there. Well, that's also a testament to your coolness there. I mean, I can see you, you are a jack of all trades. You're willing to do just about anything. Well, I feel like it's required for being in real estate, though. It's you fair. Know? Like, you need to be willing to do the things. Get dirty. Or pay someone to do it if you're not willing to. Uh, I mean, how difficult it is to stick your head in the crawl space. It, not that difficult. Even when it's terrifying. It's you know, you open like up you the crawl anyway. space, and if you see standing water... You don't have to be a Class A general contractor to know <laughs> that's, that's a problem, yes, right? Yes. Sorry, was that no cap, Captain no, Obvious? No, socks no, I do on. not have my Captain Obvious socks on. What? You, how's the mindset of a young couple with a two-month-old baby that's thirteen offers, thirteen <laughs> offers in, and it has not had success? So, um, it's not them. Well, everybody that we're working with that's first-time homebuyers have the same mentality. They're all in, but it took a bunch of coaching and mentoring to get from the very beginning to the point that, that we're in now. And, and they understood, they understand, and our other buyers understand, look, we can always try to figure out how to rent, but that's 40, in their case, 40 grand out the window. Literally out the window. And oh, by the way, you're chasing an ever-increasing value. That, those values are not going backwards. Do we think that, Nikki? I think that for sure, yes. But I do think one of the key things that he just said was that it took time and coaching to accept oh, yeah. education piece. It takes that managing expectations and working with your clients at a level that is required for anyone and everyone to not burn out in this. And I'll tell you what. Because this has been going on for how long? 
the search, the hunt? Oh, eight months, nine months. But we're helping people for years, mm-hmm. right? That's not an uncommon. That is not uncommon. The fact that it was only weeks or days is only a recent phenomenon, right? Yes. It's only really that, you know, for, I, I could tell you for 30-some-odd years of doing this, other than those last couple of years, relationships, building relationships and working for clients took years to go through and find something and get them to where they wanted, they wanted to be. So this whole, hey, get a house in five days thing is kind of a recent phenomenon. Uh, you know, two, three, four, five years ago, you were helping people for months to go ahead and, and find something. Are you seeing the uh, agents on KWA roster having clients over 13 with offers? You've seen oh, similar struggles? So, you know what? I don't know about the numbers of it, but I will say we are definitely hitting that area of the market where we are hitting that again. I don't know the numbers behind that, but yes. And one of the things that we all do is, like Keith just talked about, upping our game every time to make sure that that next offer, if this is the house that the clients want, what can he do, what can we all do to best position that person to be able to get the house they want? That's key. So I, I do like Monticello a lot because it's easy for me to focus yeah. on. It's a similar thing. Right now, there's, I took one out. This it shouldn't even be on the market. So there's nine homes on the market. There's 30 pending. Mm. So just go figure, right? Mm-hmm. there. And, and most of the ones that, you know, the, pri- the median price point for the ones that are impending is 327. If you take a look at what's uh, active, there's only three homes that are under 380. So those homes that are all in single-digit days on market will have multiple offers. So if you've got 13 or 23 or 30 or 3, you're still competing, right? So you're talking, what, 4,300 homes? That's 4,300 homes, yeah. 4,300 homes, Lake Monticello. Lake Monticello. Nine active listings. We're taking one out We're that's longer than the tooth. That shouldn't, I, yeah. That's bananas. Yeah. So there's nine. Nine listings in a 4,300 home, the largest neighborhood in Central Virginia. And three are 380 and below. Yeah. So we got 319, 369, and 380. So there's nothing below 300. Nothing. Is this period of buying and selling real estate in Central Virginia the craziest we have seen yet? Does it, does it surpass the insanity of peak COVID Nikki when... We had appraisal gap coverage, open houses canceled, sight unseen, virtual tours, video tours, home inspections waived. So I think I'm going to have to say no. Okay. Because here's the thing is now we have learned from that. Uh-huh. So you're ready for it. Which puts us in a much better, and by we, I mean like everybody, buyers, Ecosystem. Sellers, the whole ecosystem yeah. now has had that learning opportunity. So I don't think this is harder than before. I think before was most definitely harder. How about different question? Phrasing it again for Nikki. Synonymous conditions? Ish. I mean, it, that, that's a, more, a closer statement, but I do think the ease of having learned mm-hmm. and having made it through this far, it's huge. I feel like we've gained a little more resilience. I feel mm-hmm. like we've gained a, an adjustment of perspective of how to view this market. The whole fear of whatever headlines and clickbait that people were hearing, I think most people have a pretty solid understanding that that isn't what's next. And so we're not dealing with that anymore so much. And when we are, it's just easier to either educate or realize now's not the time. So let's continue to educate while also not looking at homes if you're not really ready right now. You know? Well so said. I think we're in a better place. 
What do you think, Keith? Jamie Turner says he's watching Real Talk from Charleston, hey. South Carolina today. One of my he's the real estate cities. investor. Um, JT, congratulations and happy birthday to your beautiful bride. I saw you posted that on Facebook. Craziness synonymous with peak COVID when we're in right now. What do you think, Keith Smith? So I'm going to take the opposite position. Go I like figure. it. Go Double figure. Jacket. That's Go good. Figure. Great for a talk show. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, right? Yeah. right, right. This is a talk show. That's all. good. Uh, look, um, I- I'm going to use my famous yes, maybe no yes, right? Um, it, it, the micro markets matter. And go back to the conversations I had with Yvonne and some of our buyer, young millennial buyer clients, they're actually using that word, right? Because in Richmond, you go two blocks the other way, we could buy a couple of houses. Mm-hmm. But I'm taking a look at just the difference between Lake Monticello, active and pending, and, and I just pulled up Charlottesville. Mm-hmm. So just big numbers. There's 36 homes on the market, single family detached. There's 46 in pending. So that ratio is much tighter, right? It's price point mat. So price point matters, wear matters, yeah. features matter, condition matters. If you hit those things, I think you're more competitive now than you were in the peak of COVID. The difference, I think, in the peak of COVID was everywhere, right? Buckingham County. Mm-hmm. Counter, devil's advocate on the devil's advocate. Oh, devil's advocate, the devil's advocate. Here's the devil's advocate hold on it. the devil's advocate. Hold it, hold it. I'm going to write that down. I cannot believe I'm saying this. But the values of the home are higher now than peak COVID. Absolutely. We have escalated and appreciated in values in some zip codes and neighborhoods 10 to 20, 25%. Since when when was peak COVID insanity? Probably Q1 of last year when interest rates were still in the low threes, high twos was still craziness. Because then summer took a little bit of a lull. Q3, Q4 last year took a little bit of a lull. And now we're basically saying we're Q1 of last year craziness. And, and Nikki, interestingly, uh, with rates being 2x higher. Yes, yes. So another indicator that rates are not the factor here, that people do not buy based on rates, which is what you guys have been saying. Yep. Yeah, I'll let you talk about that a little bit because I'm going to take a quick look at Lake so, Monticello. Real you quick. have yeah. higher. I, I love doing yeah, the show with you guys. You got you got houses that are more expensive now than this time last year, and you got rates two x higher than this time last year. Yes, people still have to buy houses. People still have to move. It's the amazing. rates were too low for too long based on economics, and now we won't dive too much into that because the reality is I'm not an economist, and yet. It, it, there was an adjustment period where people were like, oh, my gosh, what are we going to do? And what you're going to do is you're going to adjust, just like anybody does in any market with any shift. And the rates now seem normal because they are actually more normal than they've been for a while. So you, you adapt. You adjust. You find creative ways to make that work for you. Because still, when you compare owning a home versus renting, the math works out over the long game. To own the home if you can get in the home and not be house poor because you don't want to set yourself up for failure in that. It's really interesting. Um, Drew uh, Sersky giving Nikki some props right now on the program. Um, Drew, welcome to the program. Well, I, I did. I was uh, watching a presentation that Ned Galloway and I did to the city council about the regional housing partnership. And, and here's the new reality. The new reality is Nobody, most folks are not spending 30 to 33% of their homes 
excuse me, of their income on housing. It is north of 50%. Yes. Right? I mean, that, is, that yes. is bananas. And that yes. goes back to the statement we've said that is the 40-hour work week a thing of the past? And it's now the 40-hour work week, frankly, a 60-hour work week. If people are spending half their income on their homes, they're obviously having to work harder or longer. So you want to know if you bought a house in the first quarter at Lake Monticello of year to day from January 1 to today at Lake Monticello last year versus buying a house between January 1 and this and what, what your appreciation was in percentage? Would anybody want to take a guess at that number? Between January 1 of last year? In January 1 of this quarter, year? This, a little bit over a quarter plus seven day, 17 days. I would say in Charlottesville City? No, no, Lake Monticello. What do you say? Uh, seven to nine percent. You are awfully close. Oh, man. I want you to feed me the data. Just tell me. Ten percent. <laughs> What's that? Ten percent. So if you bought a home, Lake Monticello, January, February last year, between now, at seven percent, your home just went up ten percent. The the so we're talking to put that in perspective. The average home at Lake Monticello is trading at what around three fifty, three forty five, three forty five. Last year was three twelve. From Nikki and Keith on this show, I just like a sponge absorbing from you guys. So we're talking we're talking a what a thirty five thousand dollar roughly back of the napkin increase year over year. So if you're buying a house year over year, and this is to Keith's point, this is you just have to have your daughter and your son in law watch the show. If, well, they, you wait, they, if you wait to buy this house, no, this they, is what's happened year do, over year. They do. It went up 10% and rates doubled. Well, that's a huge... That, really, that literally happened. But, yes. but guess what the volume did? Well, it dropped dramatically. 44%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's 44% less homes being sold in the same period, 2022 versus 2023, that, that, and, but you went up 10%. And this is like the old adage, right? Uh, you know, it's Econ 101, right? Supply and demand. Now, supply drops, you know, unless there's some other factor right now. So the inflation isn't impacting it. Interest rates are not impacting it. You know, we're, we're pretty stable on jobs, right? Oh, crushing right? it, especially so that, here. That's not impacting it. What do you think, Nikki? No, I think that's, I think you're 100% right. And I think that one of the things that we can do probably to help our market out is take some of this group of people who would like to change, whether it's the size of the house or the area they live, but trying to figure out how to sell what they have and then buy something else. Maybe instead of selling what you have and buying something else, and I know not everyone can do this, but maybe take a look at keeping that main property that you're living in now as an investment Mm. or finding a way to house hack, right? I think that this type of market leans more toward people needing to do that. We've also talked about multi-generational living. Do that as you all work toward buying that house. 14% of the sales last year were multi-generational. That's a huge number. It is. Nationwide. Yes, yes. But that's, a, that's huge for our nation. And the reality is, is that's probably going to continue to increase. Yeah, I, I don't... Uh, uh, this was the conversation I'm having with young folks, mm-hmm. um, or, or anybody for that matter. You know, re- with that type of appreciation happening, renting is... You're just chasing this, this number. And, you know, it, it, I do not see it slowing down anytime soon. I was... I think you would have to produce so many new units to even get that to even slow down a little and bit. And that would take 18 no. months yeah. if we started today. Yeah. If we started today. 
Um, and the political capital to produ produce those units just is not there. The concern I have, and it was the statistic that was percolating um, the news cycle during COVID, was the large percent of buyers who regretted purchasing during COVID. That's going to happen again. If folks are now having to make purchases like this so rushed and without due diligence and outside of their target area, I understand that they're in the game and they're locking in their overhead, and that supersedes feeling sad or disappointed or dispirited when it comes to a purchase. But that percentage of buyers that feel regretful or demoralized of purchasing will happen again. So that's, excuse me, jumping on, that's when a trusted advisor matters. Uh -huh. So back yes. to my daughter, right? This house that we just put an offer on, their answer was, I want to do it sight unseen. Back to our conversation. Mm -hmm. And I said, time respect, out. Respect, respect. I, I mm -hmm. said, time out. Uh, we are going to re, the, the professionals are going to rework our schedules, which is what we did, mm -hmm. to make sure that we got to at least see it virtually on that, on that, on that end of it. Because we were not going to go down this sight unseen road uh, without a complete understanding and education of it. Not because she was our daughter and my son-in-law. I would do that with anybody. But yes, why do we have absolutely. to get to the point of it being a sight unseen? We just don't have enough, There's right? There's not inventory. I mean, the sight unseen, Kate, you could go and look at it, which you did. It depends on how much time is left. It depends on what offers are on the table and when the seller is going to make a decision. So these, these offers are coming in during great, the coming great, soon. Great point. These are, these are offers that are materializing during no, coming no, no, soon. No. Are they materializing as soon as the listing goes active? It, soon possibly as it goes any active. of those, truly, yeah. because you can submit one whenever. You can't see the house during coming soon, but you can still submit an offer. So that's because if you're willing, Yes. Because if you're willing to go sight unseen with your offer, then you're willing to make an offer in coming soon. So, because you have the courage to make a sight unseen offer, so why wouldn't you do it during coming Zoom? So what I've been seeing happening here, and that's what I want to track, and it was interesting. I was thinking about this show this morning. We're going to start seeing uptick on Wednesdays and Thursdays now with inventory. What does that mean? Is so, that coming on the market then? You're going to see homes, I think, start coming on the market Wednesdays and Thursdays on that this is what's happening in Richmond. I think you, I'm starting to see it happen here. They're going to have an open house. On Wednesday? No, on coming the weekend. On the week, excuse me? Coming soon or active? Active. Okay. Active. Okay. As far as the public is concerned, yep. it'll, it'll, be, nice. it'll be active. Wednesday and Thursday, packing in, the, the, packing in the, the open house to get enough traffic in there, mm -hmm. seeing like we're doing right now, having offers reviewed 12 o'clock on Monday. So if we talk long enough, at some point I'll know if we're going to win this. <laughs> truly, win this, truly. Win this offer or not. That's bananas, man. Yeah. That is absolutely so, bananas. But to, to Nikki's point, though, on this site unseen, I missed explaining that this particular house was doing these offers today and we had to rearrange our weekend to make mm -hmm. sure that we got in there to go and see that for them. Yeah. That is absolutely bananas. And I, and I have a lot of, go ahead, Nikki. Yo, I want to go back to the, um, the buyer remorse situation uh -huh. because I, would, I will be very interested to see how many of those buyers who bought during the COVID peak might actually not feel that same remorse seeing the market we're moving into because they realize, you know, Fair actually, point. this was not so bad. I actually had what... Sit on felt, stacks of paper. Right? You know what? This That's is what you're saying, a right? really good deal. Yeah. Well, they got it at a different interest rate, and while it seemed... It did seem extra because it was, and it still is, and that's not easy, and having that advisor, that trusted advisor who's going to help you through that, that doesn't mean that you won't have buyer's remorse at all, 
but it does help a lot. And if we can figure out how to frame that better for more people, hopefully that will continue to lessen. And, and is the buyer's remorse the first place I bought? Buyer's remorse. It's condo at the villas. I wanted something with the back fence and a place for my dog could run. And I was disappointed I didn't have that for my dog mm-hmm. and for myself. Couldn't afford it. Yep. Isn't buyer's remorse part of the process? Yes. Especially at the first-time purchase? In this kind of market, at the first-time purchase? Where your first-time purchaser really wants their forever home sometimes, and that doesn't actually exist on the market. There you go. At then, the price point they can afford. Yes, yes. So then I think it's we reframe, okay, is that really buyer's remorse? Or paying your dues. Or have you shifted to paying your dues yeah. or just shifting to realize, hey, you know what, to get where I want to go, I'm going to need to have some stepping stones to that point. Well said. Nikki on point. What do you think? So your buyer's remorse, and I'm trying to thumb through 170 pages of 2023 home buyer, seller, and report, yeah. right? You'll, when you dig into that a little bit more, you'll see some of the buyer remorse is about moving to out in the country during COVID. And now there's a huge percentage of that going, oh, I made a mistake. I want to get back into more of an urban thing because they thought this whole COVID work from remotely was going to last and now businesses are saying no you need to come back in the office which we were talking about in the middle of that 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 was going to happen yeah and it happened on that end of it so there's a huge percentage of that but yeah i mean look it's all about hiring the right trust advisor pull down real talk with keith smith and partners there's a list of them in that that can help you help you with this on the end of it but having somebody who's going to have an honest conversation with you not just um how can i say this without getting myself in too much trouble here not having somebody who just wants to push paper across the table actually that is a partner through it it really matters where somebody might say time out you really shouldn't be doing this we we need to slow it down and that was the conversation we had with our daughter no 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 we're not doing a sight unseen we will make this work and we did a virtual showing christopher friedman watching the program in short pump this comment comes in from christopher imagine when the rates get lower and the buying oh. power expands it's oh. going to worsen this environment uh i think he said you right. well i i actually he's 100 percent right well, yeah. i actually can speak to that um, so my son-in-law is a doctor. He's getting a doctor loan. And because we've done a lot of business with this particular bank, they offered him a point off. So he's at five? Five, and five flat? Five, five even? Nine. Oh, five uh, and a half? Okay. Whatever, whatever, whatever it is down there. And his, and his buying power jumped up mm-hmm. considerably so we can now get into the 700000 And you're spot on. As soon as that interest rate drops a little bit, you know, prices are not going to decrease, but people's ability to buy or purchase is going to go up. And, uh, you know, I, I'd love to hear Nikki's read on this. I, I think whatever we're doing right now is only going to get worse once interest rates drop No, lower. I agree. That, that's the only way that can go. And we're going to see a resurgence of the same challenging thing we've already seen before. The upside would be that we've been there, we've done that, and we know how to handle it. And that's where you really just need to connect with professionals who are trusted advisors who can help manage that situation for you. It really does matter. What are the people you're talking to saying the rates are going to go? Scott's predicted on this show fours by the end of the year. Scott Morris. I mean, that's I'm, bananas. He's, he's one of the go-to people that I, that I hear talk as a general rule. Yeah. So, and I'm just, Scott you know, knows what's up. That's a hard one to, to know or to even know what I would hope for because there's, 
no matter what angle you approach it, it's a really challenging market. Yeah. So the idea that, hey, they have more buying power, that's great, but then also there's going to be more competition, which rules out the same people that that drop in rate would help. And it, it you know. And we're not even we're not even at full um, full market like employee status here. We still got the Kimpton Hotel at the Darden is just opening now. If you haven't had a chance to try the Kipton Hotel, they got two restaurants over there, and they got a conference center and a fantastic hotel. We're talking with their people. They got uh, another hotel and hospitality center opening that Russ Kromberg is leading at the UVA Foundation in Borsad. Data Science School about to open. Paul Manning School about to open. They straight up said thousands of people, new jobs are going to come from the Paul Manning Institute. And where are they going to come from? Thousands outside the market. All coming outside. Where are they going to live? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. How how does this market handle an influx? Let's be conservative. How does this market handle an influx of three thousand additional families? I mean, does anyone want to handle that? Is UVA going to offer a program to help find homes for the people they're hiring? Well, but but, what are they going to do? But a lot of these. That's a great question. That's a great question. A lot of employers that do bring people in have some sort of program. And a lot of these are in private sector, not just public with UVA, but, but she makes yeah. a great point there. Keep yeah, thoughts. So UVA um, is not going to do that, but they're in the middle of this 1,500-unit affordable housing, their rental end yes. of it. Um, it's interesting, as you were talking, Jerry, reminds me of, this, of the conversation I had with the city councilors for the Regional Housing Partnership and Brian Pinkston. Pinkerson, Pinkston? Brian Pinkston. Pinkston. Thank you. Um, said something very clearly to me. He goes, look, I'm to the point that we're chasing this up, you know, building it, building enough units is going to take so much. It's not going to make a difference. People want to be here. we got new jobs coming. How are we going to go ahead and do this? As you well know, I, I, I chair a land trust, which I'm excited about and everybody's talking about, and we're making some headways in it. But frankly, um, you know, we need tens of millions of dollars to try to make some sort of impact, mm-hmm. impact on it. But, yeah, it, it you know... I spent a lot of time volunteer helping people answer that question. On the other hand, what I do for a living, I'm not concerned about. Well, that's what I'm oh, saying. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are in yeah. the capard seat. Yeah, I'm not concerned about it. But it bothers me. It, that, it'll keep me up at night, literally, how to help young folks, or anybody for that matter, to buy a home in this market. It, yes. it, it keeps me up at night. How do we do this? How do we navigate this? How? What tool do we pull out of the toolbox? What magic crystal ball conversation we need to have? And I've learned one thing at 37, 35 years of doing this. Every week it's something different. You constantly yes. got to adapt and overcome. Absolutely. What do you think, Nikki? Um, I think that it comes back to one of the conversations we've had on this show regularly is, is reevaluating, okay, from the whether you're looking to sell your home and need to buy somewhere else or whether you're that first-time home buyer entering the market, you really need to take a look at where you want to be, whether you're looking at the 10, 15, 20, 25-year lens or not, and you've got to say, okay, what steps in between can I take to get there, right? You've got a lot of time between now and then, whether it feels that way or not. If we're talking about the younger couples, individuals, groups, because a lot of times it's a group of friends, right? And it, it's not necessarily your traditional family unit. We're looking at now at your chosen family unit because that's what it takes to be able to be in a home. To, to, uh, tell the viewers and listeners about that. What are you seeing? You're seeing friends buying. 
Well, absolutely. I mean, I've been, let's just use my own household, the three 21-year-olds that I have, you know, that I keep in my basement. Um, (laughs) they're, They're working on, okay, how do we do this and how do we do it together? Because it's going to take all three of them to be able to collaborate and pool funds to be able to take those next steps. And the next step is probably going to be to rent something. And then they're working toward, okay, once that stability, they have that, then it's a, okay, then we're going to save up. And what does that look like? And will you help us through the process? Oh, and by the way, hey, can you sign me up for that real estate school so I can get my license because I want to know more about it? And, and all of those things are moving forward, and they take time. And sometimes it's, it's a little exhausting to look at your current situation and go, oh, my gosh, that's kind of hard. It is. And keeping in focus where you want to be, what you want your life to look like, while also enjoying your journey on the way there. Well said. Very well said. I, I, you know, I've said this on the show a couple of times, and I'm reading this generational, uh, generational report as you were chatting, and, and I was looking at the reasons why people are moving. And as we've been talking about this, it's retirement, it's life changes, yes. uh, you know. Uh, but it's very interesting that um, baby boomers um, uh, last year made up 39 percent of the home buyers. This year, um, they're down to 29. So, you know, uh, excuse me, baby boomers, I, I apologize. Baby boomers are up 29% this year. I got it backwards. I read my dyslexia kicked in on that end of it. So what's happening here is we have a generational competition, and I think it was Bill, uh, a great viewer of our show. I can't McChesney? Remember. Thank you. Sent, okay. me a, sent me a video of a, of a realtor having a, two conversations about a buyer as mm-hmm. a millennial and a buyer as a boomer. But at the end of the day, as you're looking at what they want, they all want the same stuff. Yes. And I'll tell you, the couple of deals we lost in Richmond were to boomers. Mm-hmm. Well, you guys have yeah. the sacks of money from, from selling the house. Is Yona telling you something I don't know? You guys have the <laughs> sacks of money. Yona's because you guys have been in the game and you Yona got real says, estate Don't buy sell. that new bike. We don't have any money. Not so, necessarily that, you know that even, though. A lot of what they don't have as much of are the student loans. Mm. Or there Credit are debt. some that do, mm. but it's for their kids. Mm. So, but it's usually not as much as the millennials group. Well, well, it's 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 interesting. I I don't have the data to go look at that. But during uh, the time of great unpleasantness, Mm -hmm. a lot of people my age went out and got degrees. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, they went to school, they got master's degrees, they continued their education. So there is a bunch of folks our age that maybe have some student loan debt. By and far, it's 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 on the on on the on the younger end of it. And yeah. I believe it's only a 50, it's not a one-to-one ratio. I think if you have a student loan, they only count for 50% of it. But that's a Scott question. Yeah, and that can vary for sure, depending on the program or the loan program you're using. Yeah. This is a good one here from uh, Twitter. Um, Jerry, for the panel, we're uh, a move-up buyer, a family that has a lot of equity in our home, and we're looking to get to the west side of town because of schools. We have to sell our home first before we can buy. Uh, we have the equity to do it. The problem is we don't have the time to do it because these houses that we like are going under contract right away. Can you ask the panel how a move-up buyer that needs to sell their house can compete in a market like this? It's a great question. Well, so here's the deal. I don't have enough information to know if this is even a good question to ask, but my question is always going to be when someone says have to, I'm going to ask, do you really? Like, is there another option? Do you have a lender who is working on 
looking at this from all angles where you could evaluate if you did want to keep it as an investment property because there are a lot of options that people don't realize. And maybe the answer is, oh, my God, no, I don't. And that's okay. But anytime have to is the case, I'm going to say, hey, what solutions have not been looked at yet? Well said. So um, <clears throat> I'm going to make an assumption okay. that the, the, the seller is in a pretty hot neighborhood right now. So let's assume... You're talking to the family that's looking to move to the... I, okay. I love case studies. Okay. So let's pick okay. apart yeah. the, okay. the case study okay. here. So let's assume, for the sake of a talk show and this okay. conversation, that the market where the seller's trying to sell is at one of these multiple offer markets, right? Let's just assume that's the case. Yeah. So what they can do is they can go ahead and put their house on the market because the, the home that we're helping our kids with in Richmond they're going to let the seller stay in there for two months because mm -hmm. they need to go find something else. So what they're doing is put their house on the market, sell it, get your cash, get your capital, do a 60-day, depending on how the buyer is structured, right? So if the buyer's using cash, you can stay in the home as long as you can negotiate. If it's a loan, it's a maximum of 60 days. This now gives you 60 days to go out and find something. You're going to have a pocket full of cash, right, whatever that equity is and that puts you in a great position to 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 compete or negotiate on the buy that's that's play number one play number two is you know get your cash out and rent but john you're wasting cash on the rent end of it it happens we do it quite a bit but if if it was me i would want to sit down and take a look at where you're at what kind of equity you have how quickly we can sell it how much cash we can put aside on the net reserve, and then concurrently start looking at something new and make a seamless transaction. We're doing a couple dozen of, well, half a dozen of those transactions like that right now, one of them being my daughter. And if you're That's doing the solution that first option, you do need a backup plan because if you don't yeah. find that next place in that time frame, you might need to have some sort of a short-term stay lined up while you figure that out. How common is this situation? Common? Oh. I, think so, I got yeah. six of them going yeah, on right now. Absolutely. It is. It is that this is the outside of the box thinking. Yes. This is the professionalism you got to bring to the table to help that seller make a decision to move forward. And you have to sit at the kitchen table with your net proceeds sheets. Say, okay, yes. guys, this is how much you're going to make at the end of it, right? Okay. Let's take that and use it as a tool to go out and buy. But we're going to need that cash in hand first. Because to the, to the viewer's point, when I go ahead and put an offer on Nikki's house, and I go, oh, by the way, i got to sell a house, Nikki's going to go, yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. Right. And we're going to move yeah. on. Don't surprise me with things. It's not going to make your offer strong. So Thank you for the case study. <laughs> that's a great question yeah. right there. So you're seeing the domino deal, usually the back-end domino of selling the existing house. That's now happening on the front end. It's happening on the front end, right? It, but it depends on the where, guys, right? You know? Yes. Um, we're assuming we're moving from one. Oh boy, Yvonne's facetiming me. I must be in trouble. I like it. I like it. <laughs> uh, hold on a second. I got to tell her. Hold on. I'm on the show, honey. <laughs> so uh, she wants to know if you've heard back on that, right? Uh, well, <laughs> she knows twelve o'clock, so okay. we're not there yet. Uh, <laughs> but but if we're moving from a hot market to a hot market, that's one way to go ahead yeah. and and do it. 
And, you know, I feel like at some point these need to not be considered out-of-the-box thinking. This needs to just be considered the norm. expected conversation. This is what you got to do. if it's not, then you might need to have conversations with different people. Absolutely. This comment's come in, and it's more of um, a, uh, a perspective that's being shared. Jerry, as you know, I'm a mother of four, and now my kids are buying age for houses. This is a time to purchase that we never thought we would see. I worry about them and their futures often. Thank you for the show. I really enjoy what you guys are doing. I can appreciate that perspective yeah, so you're a mom, much. Right? Oh my gosh, I am a mom and and it is hard. And I, I'm with you honestly. There are times where I'm just like, you know what? I don't I don't know what to tell y'all to do. Um, first of all, it's not my job to tell you, and it is my job to guide and help. And the reality is, is that in any hard time in history's throughout the years, for thousands of years, people have been able to figure it out and make it through. Yeah. And the reality is, is tough times, they create resilient people. And I think we're going to see a return of some resiliency. And that's not a bad thing. I just think that as long as we do it well and we come from that perspective of, you know what, it is tough. And I think if we all seek first to understand and we give each other a lot of grace, whether that's in a real estate transaction or in the parking lot of a grocery store, you know, like just having a little more grace around how you're thinking and perceiving and viewing things is, uh, you know, is needed. I like it. Nikki Chambliss. Just be kind, man. Be kind. It's not, it's not that, it's and sometimes not that it gets stressed. Sure. Well, that's what you know, like parking lots, let me tell you, that's a great opportunity for some road rage. But nobody was set out at the beginning of their day to mess with you in the parking lot. So, <laughs> they didn't. It just happened. <laughs> Unless you're in New York and they go out to mess oh, with you. Okay, but you anyway, that's, that's different. different. Okay. That's different. That's different. Here that's different. It, you, it would be very offensive. Uh, be the Market offensive. Street parking garage, when you it's all what? said and done, is a very friendly place. It's a very friendly place. Uh, the I, I got a hug from my um, from my, from the attendant. She watches there. the show. She's uh, fantastic. Nice. So it's funny. In the beginning of the show, I wrote these two words down: mental health. Not, yes. Right. And, yes. And and it's not just on the buyer and the seller side; it's on our side too. We are, you know, this is a tremendous amount of pressure and work on it to go yes. ahead and, and, and do that. And one of the things Yvonne was, my daughter was saying to me, so, well, this is normal. If, if I get into business, am I expecting to work, uh, you know, seven days a week? And I said, yes. And Emily Funk is uh, our client care coordination, a wonderful realtor on her own. We're working a couple transactions, and it was funny. Um, she called me yesterday morning at 8 o'clock in the morning as I was cooking breakfast links on the grill to help her out with something. Then she called me at 7 o'clock because I was grilling the steak. And I said, look, you need to stop doing this. <laughs> right? Right? Either come well, over for breakfast or dinner. People would stop calling you, right? I'm sorry? Is that what that, if you stop grilling, then you won't get the calls? Oh, I didn't think about no. it that way. Look how now smart you hungry. are. Never thought about that. <laughs> I just said, come on over for breakfast or lunch. Oh, She's going to be a I'm realtor. calling you to see if she you're is, grilling. She is, but she's doing a great job. I mean, think about it. Yeah. What a great experience to, like cut your chops or get, you know, whatever the saying is uh, oh, yeah. in real estate. 13 deals mm-hmm. for your personal residence as you're moving from Seattle to California and making offers on houses that you're not seeing. I mean, that's the, that's the start of a real estate career. Yeah. A absolutely. conversation. You're learning a lot. Well, beginning in a market that's hard right. really sets you up for success. There it is. As long as you're building a solid foundation. There it is. So it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a little executive producer, oh. dad, oh. pride at nice. the moment. So she's studying for a real estate exam. Yeah. Okay. 
and she passed a module of it. Mm-hmm. All those years of listening you doing project of development finally paid off. <laughs> and she got 100% on it. That's, That's awesome. awesome. Congratulations. Yes. yes. Uh, takes go. after her mother. Congratulations. Oh, <laughs> ouch. You know what? There's no ouch in that. That is 100% oh, correct. Know, okay, never mind. I, I, I kid because Sorry, I care. I yeah, like, yeah, it, no it, bigs it, it happened to Keith yet today. It, it was time. She wants to learn how to blah, 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 talk. I'm the right guy. Got Anything other point, than that, I'll talk to your mother. How about a message um, for the viewers and listeners, Nikki, as they kind of head into the second mm-hmm. quarter? Hopefully more inventory is out there, but undoubtedly it's still going to be quite competitive. You know what? I think I'm going to land on that whole mental health aspect. Take some deep breaths. Have intelligent conversations. Find the people that are talking about the things that are going to matter most to you and have conversations with them. That's really where that's at. Um, because if not, you guys are just, like, it's just hot air floating around, taking up space, right? Um, yeah. So my, uh, thank you. Uh, this is, you can do this, right? You can sell, you can buy, oh, you yeah. can do this. We're doing this every day, but it's going to take a conversation. It's going to take a sit down. This is not a text conversation. You've got to sit down and really dig into the whys that we're trying to do this and help help the buyer and the seller get across the table. We just outlined one right now. right? If you have enough equity, maybe we can sell it. We can stay in the home for a little bit of time and give us in a strong position to buy. That may not fit everybody's need, but in this particular case, I think it would on that end of it. But sit down with those trusted advisors. Have those tough conversations. And uh, we'll get through this together. We will. Can I piggyback on that? Absolutely. So Please. I, I think one of the things that... The, Times of calling a realtor last minute to go see a house, that's not the way to do it. Oh, like truly, if you are looking to buy, you should be sitting down having multiple conversations before you guys go step into a house at all. Otherwise, it's wasting your own time because you're not prepared enough to go out and go through this process, no matter how educated you are on it. And again, we've talked so much about how wonderfully educated consumers are, and I'm grateful for it. I think it's a, a value add that is incredible and was much needed. But do have that that front end work because it's going to make the process so much simpler and much less stressful. And that's really a benefit to everyone involved. Well said. Very well said. Shout out shout out to Judah, yes. um, aka God. Um wow. little G. He he's done a great job to get us uh, live and and even though it's it was, a nickname right there no know, pressure wow. with that nickname mm. yeah. Don't fall um, that keith <laughs> smith real talk with keith smith guys monday wednesdays and fridays 10 15 on this network here real talk with keith keller williams alliance that's just a brand you can trust we spotlight folks from kwa all the time on this network and it's an opportunity for you to see what this team is all about and it's honesty it's hard work and it's just just doing well by people because it's about the long game here. Um, the I Love Seville show, 57 minutes away. Thank you kindly for joining us. Take care. Well, that was great. Yes. You know? It's fun. It is. It always is. And also it's-